The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, and celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. Hey, Dr. Bill here. So, Leap will be virtual. I guess the whole world is going to be virtual these days. Um, we're putting together an amazing program. Hopefully in the next week or two, we can announce who some of the speakers will be, but it will be virtual. Now, in the event that things clear up with COVID and we actually can meet in person, we're going to do it both ways. We'll have it virtual and we may do a short, like kind of a three-day program live that will also be virtual for people who are in Australia and can't make it. So stay tuned. It's coming and it should be awesome either way. Wow. What a change the world has made. huh? Anyhow, for those of you who don't know why we do this, the reason we do this is because at leap, we have something called a mentor workshop, which is one of the most powerful provocative parts of LEAP. I mean, kids love this. And basically what we do is we bring in these amazing speakers, mentors, and people who have been incredibly successful in their life to sit down with the kids and give them an opportunity to really ask them questions about their success, about their challenges, how they overcame them, and and the things that they can kind of offer as suggestions to the kids so they too can be successful. And because this is such a big part of the program, we started doing these Meet the Mentor interviews live in the LEAP office. Now, obviously with COVID, we're not allowed to go into the LEAP office anymore. So we're starting to do them virtually. And today we have an amazing speaker. If you've ever heard of The Secret Knock and want to know where that came from, Greg is where it came from. So let me read you this quick bio and uh, we'll do it. Dr. Greg Reed is an entrepreneur with two PhDs and has his own star on the Las Vegas Walk of Fame. He's been awarded both Entrepreneur of the Year and Global Entrepreneur of the Year. He is also a best-selling author. Now, being dyslexic would probably stop a lot of people from doing that, but not him. It never stopped him from reaching his dream. He actually hired ghostwriters who took his gab and projected it into books that people wanted to read. Greg's published more than 80 books. 34 of them have been bestsellers. I only have one bestseller. I feel a little bit behind here. He's also a keynote speaker. He is a TED Talk award-winning keynote speaker. Greg has been ranked one of the top speakers worldwide by Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur Magazine, and he's appeared regularly as a national conference speaker on TV and in media, including Fox Business News, Bloomberg, NBC, CBS, and Microsoft Presents. The Secret Knock was his creation. Um, He's best known as the founder and CEO of The Secret Knock. It's an exclusive event focused on partnership, networking, and business development. Secret Knock is strictly an invite only and includes well-known executives, entrepreneurs, artists, professional athletes, and huge personalities. And it's always secret who's coming, right, Greg? That's a secret. 
Yeah, he's also um, a filmmaker and producer. Greg is a creator and writer and producer of internationally renowned films, Pass It On, Three Feet From Gold, Beyond the Knock, and he recently produced a major feature film called Wishman about the founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Frank, Shank, how do you say his last name? Shankwiz. Shankwiz, yeah. And the one thing that you and I have in common, and I read it in your bio, and I say it all the time, you never fail till you quit. Amen. Amen. Stickability. The funny thing about that is I always tell kids, I never fail. And I, and I don't want you to think I'm arrogant. I never fail. Why? Because if I do something and it doesn't come out the way I want it to, I don't consider that failure. I consider that practice. And then I'll do it again and again and again and again and again, and I have to. But you really only fail when you quit. And if you don't quit, you never fail. That's the way it is. It's so interesting. I, I had a chance to interview uh, the founder of Chick-fil-A restaurants. I go, I want to be a billionaire like you. I, what do I do? And he goes, stop planning so much. I go, what? He goes, last year you had all these plans, but nothing goes as expected. He goes, look for and capitalize on unexpected opportunity. And I go, like what? He goes, if I want to get to the end of the street, that's my goal. I get off the sofa and I move towards my goal. But then I look for opportunity. Did a kid leave a skateboard or a bicycle out and make my journey shorter? If I get lucky, I'll wave down neighbor driving by and hitch a ride. He goes, either way, I'll get to my goal. I'm just not so caught up in exactly how it has to happen. You know what? I love that. And the two things that I literally try to just get kids to embrace at least, just like get this in your head, is number one, don't wait for opportunities. Make them. If I hear another young man or woman come up to me telling me that they're waiting for the universe to show them something, I'll just scream like, the universe is pretty busy right now. Have, have you looked in the news, right? I think the biggest thing that holds people back, it's called the bad case of the one size. That means I'll take action once I get the big break or once I get money. And the biggest thing that holds people back is their butt, not the one they're sitting on, but they'd say, I go do that. But right. And it's, and it's interesting. Don't you find that these kids are the biggest thing that their fear is, is criticism. It's what other people are thinking or they might judge them. And the ironic thing is no one's thinking about them. They're dealing with their own situation. Totally. They should take action with those goals. Totally. Well, part two of what I was going to say is when you do get an opportunity, don't take it. Master mm. it. Mm. And there's a big difference. You know, I mean, it's like I had no desire to ever be on TV, you know, never. I mean, all I wanted to do was be a dentist. But when I got the opportunity and I saw what a huge impact it made on our company and selling Zoom and Nightway. By the way, you know, I invented Zoom. <laughs> you're, you're a big one. You're, you're jack of all trades. I need some. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know. But when I realized what a potential there was for the growth of our business, I went out, I took acting classes, hosting classes, teleprompt, you know, I wanted to be the best version of me I could be. And in fact, you and I worked on a TV show about three years ago called The Money Pit. And right. all that media training paid off, right? 
Well, it, it paid off for us to look good on camera for a test. <laughs> but one of these days, that sucker is going to get picked up. It's a great idea for a show. I think so. All right, let's talk about you. Where'd you start? Like, I mean, you have this huge career with all, where did you actually start and how did you get to where you are today? Well, first of all, I'm the least qualified guy to do what I do. And I'll be the first person to say it. So I'm dyslexic. I can't read, write. I can't spell. Play me words with friends. You'll win every time. And a mentor taught me to work your strengths and hire your weaknesses. So I was always a good gift of gab guy. I could always speak my ideas into fruition. So I found these amazing ghostwriters and copy editors that would sit me down and take my words and then craft them in a way that people would want to read it. And I realized we can have anything we want in our life the moment that we surround ourselves with people that are getting the results we want. When I wanted to be a best-selling author, I went to Barnes & Noble and bought every best-selling book. I didn't want to be a great writing author. And I asked them how they did it, what the strategy was. I duplicated for myself, added a spin, and here we are today. All right, let's start, let's start at the beginning. Like, where'd you grow up? The mean streets of San Diego, California, West Coast, down in Del Mar. Right. And I still live in Carlsbad. And then you went to high school down there. Where did you go to college? Well, it's interesting. I only did a little bit of community college, and I never really finished. And later on in life, my bucket list, the last thing was to get an honorary PhD. And I'm getting a couple of them. And what's interesting is I put it out to the universe, and I found a university that just gave one to Ted Turner you know, the creator of uh, CNN, and they offered it to me along with if I would bring Tonino Lamborghini, one of my friends from Secret Knock. So we flew out to the universities and we went around the campuses and did all the commencement speeches. And now I can say officially, I'm a doctor, an honorary one, but still a doctor. All right. So you go to community college, you realize that's not for you. What happened next? I want to get into sales and marketing. It was interesting when I was a kid, 17 years old, my parents said, you got to go to college. We'll send you anywhere in the world you want to go. And I said, no, I want to get into sales and marketing. I know I have a power of influence. And they said, well, Greg, you're never going to make money talking to people. <laughs> there we are now, but it's kind of ironic. But the real realities are never let another person talk you out of your dreams because usually they're not giving you bad feedback. They're just giving you guidance based on their own information. And for the kids watching, this is the greatest aha I learned along my entire quest. I interviewed the founder of String Theory, the guy who invented String Theory. And he said, successful people seek counsel where failures listen to opinion. And I said, what's the difference? He goes, opinion is ignorance, lack of knowledge, and inexperience, like family and friends who've never done what you want. Counsel is based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. If you go to a family friend and say you're going to write a book, they might talk you out of it knowing you're dyslexic. I went to Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, and said, hey, I want to write a book. What do I do? And they said, sit down. Here's the blueprint. Here's the guy that you want to follow. And by seeking that counsel and following it, that's when my life started changing. So in my life and career and Secret Knock was created by surround yourself with people that are actually accomplishing what everyone else is talking about. All right. Here's what I want to do. I want to do a lifeline of Greg. Okay, so let me go through this with you. You go to community college, not your deal. Then you cite sales. What'd you sell? Advertising, little promotional items from age 20 or 19 or 20 to 40. I had one job. All I did was advertising sales. All right, this is what I wanted to know. So yep. you spent 
the first part of your career really as a salesman, right? Selling advertising. And as you were doing this, something clicked, right? Something clicked and you said, Greg, this is not my calling. What happened? What transformed you from a salesman into a speaker and everything else that was going on? Well, I was a sales guy and I crushed it. And so much so that I started my own business and I grew my own advertising company and I sold it for millions of dollars. And when I did, people said, how did you do it? Not being educated, being dyslexic. And they asked me to go speak at a university down here to tell my story. Afterwards, they liked it and they started passing me around to all the colleges. And a kid said, you should write a book. And here we are. What kind of advertising agency was it? Uh, We did promotional items, like all those little tooth-shaped magnets you might give out with your name and logo and the t-shirts and the bumper stickers and all the different stuff. I did it to a nationwide audience and it grew from just an idea to a, a juggernaut. So as this, as this grew, at the, at the peak of this business, how many employees did you actually have? Gosh, I think 36 sales reps and about eight staff, something of that nature. We had our own building. It was pretty cool. Were you down in San Diego? Yeah, down here in San Diego. I'm telling you, I'm a local beach guy my whole life. So you grew this agency, and when you sold it, people said, hey, what's your story? And so you went out and you started speaking about how you grew this agency from nothing to, was it a public company at the end or no? No, I just sold it to a, a, a private company. But what's cool about it is I said, listen, I, I listened to the tapes. I, I uh, went to the seminars. I believed in all these mantras. I put the tapes on in my head. I played them in my car. And after a while, someone said, well, you should do your own version of it. So I decided to take that as a quest. And I wrote my first book called The Millionaire Mentor. And at that book was turned down by 268 publishers, agents, and printers in a row. And the 269th one said, we'll do it, but change the title, beginning, the middle, and the end, because I can't write. <laughs> and I got it, my first ghostwriter, and it went on to become a worldwide, multi-language thing and started my career. Wow, that's crazy. So how did you make the transition, though, from being a salesman to, to speaking? Did you like take speaking courses? Did you work with any kind of coaches or anything? Or was this just like, this is my gift and I can rock this? Well, it was, it was a 50-50. It was a gift, but also I sought my mentors. The idea, seek counsel, not opinion. So I said, who's the people doing what I want? So I went to Tony Robbins. I sat down with Brian Tracy and Les Brown and Charlie Tremendous, all my legends that I you know, honored. And here's what I did differently. I sat down with my mentors and I asked them for feedback and I did something crazy. I applied it. So when I went down and hung out with Les Brown, I said, give me one nugget of something I could do to improve my career. And he did. I'd hunt him down and out a month later and said, Mr. Brown, you asked for, I asked for one nugget. You gave it to me. I did it. Here's what happened. What should I do next, sir? And by honoring him, by following action with that, he gave me the next and the next and the next. And now we're lifelong friends. And I realized the greatest way that you can get the results you want is by honoring those that are serving you. Mentors, right? I mean, we do it all the time. But I mean, that sounds great. You know, I would love to sit down with Tony Robbins. I'd love to sit. How's that happen? Like, how do you get to sit down with Les Brown or Tony Robbins? How does that happen? 
Well, the most successful people are also the most available people. If you're brand new at something, you're happy-go-lucky, you're fresh, you're cool. If you're at the top of your field, happy-go-lucky, nothing to prove. In the middle, pain in the neck. You're filled with ego. You're edging God out. So I realize it's easy to jump to the front of the line by specificity. So when I would call them up, I'd say, you know, Tony, I'm working on my speaking career. I'm going to need 12.5 minutes of your time. By the time I walk in the office, the time I leave, I'm going to ask you one question. How shall I hold the microphone differently than I am right now? That's it. And all of a sudden, by that specificity, the chance of them giving me that time was huge. What a lot of people make the mistake is they reach out and they say, I want to pick your brain. I don't want my brain picked. I don't want to go to lunch with you. I don't want to go to dinner. I don't know you. But if it's that specific, then I can always make that extra 12.5 minutes to you know, meet anybody anyway, worldwide, especially now with Zoom. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. If, if I were a young student, you know, and most of the, the students that go to LEAP are 15 to 25, and you know they've read your bio. They you know they 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 know who you are and what you're doing. And they say, you know what, I, I like that. I like his career. I want to emulate that. Where do they start? Like if you gave them like a step by step, like you should do this, then this, then this, then this. What does that look like? Well, first of all, go to Instagram and just DM me. So if you have a specific question, I'm telling you, they're, everyone's available. <laughs> everyone's accessible. We don't like to talk about the weather, what we had for dinner. But if you go, hey, listen, I'm working on this project and it's very specific, I'd be glad to make that introduction for you or recommend a book or recommend a direction. But as a broad statement, the first thing we need to do is start surrounding ourselves with people that are getting the results we want. I'll give you an example. If I was going to open up a brand new restaurant, my good buddy, Gene Landrum, started Chuck E. Cheese, but he did it 40 years ago. I'd probably go to the guy who's doing it today, like five guys are in and out and say, what are you guys doing? And ask them for their spin and apply it. So if we surround ourselves with people that are getting the results that we want for ourselves today, those are the people that we ask to emulate because they're getting the results we want. I believe in that wholeheartedly. When I got to Beverly Hills, the last thing they needed was another cosmetic dentist. And for me to really learn how to be the best, I called five of the best ones out there. And I said, listen, uh, you know, I just finished dental school. I don't know anything. Can I come in and shadow you? I won't get in the way or whatever. And they were awesome. You know, I, I sat there and I didn't just watch them do dentistry. I watched the whole process from the second, you know, a patient came in the door to how they greeted them, the forms that they filled out, how they brought them into to the, you know, the chair, how they treated it, and then how they left the office. You know, how did they collect payment? How did they set up the next appointment? I mean, all the little intricacies that you need to run and be successful, you know, I wanted to copy. And I think that your advice is great. You know, I, I think that you, you do need to surround yourself with successful people that are doing what you want to do and really just be a sponge. I, by the way, I admire that, Dr. Bill. That's a pretty amazing story because that's exactly the way it is. And it, it's shocking how much people do want to give back to those people, especially those who apply it, because that's where you feel honored because you've given counsel, but someone actually did something with it. And here's the other thing, too. If I wanted to get into an industry, let's say the record industry and the music, I wouldn't quit my job and go you know, full bore into that industry, what I would do is I'd sample it, especially in today's world. I would go ghost that and I'd mirror that and say, can I come and, uh, you know, work for a weekend or work for a week for free? Totally. And 
That way you get to test it and feel it to see if it's even right for you. And then if you're bit by the bug, you go all in. I know that's amazing. And you know, I recommend that all the time to students. All right. I know you have another thing you got to get to, so I won't keep you long. Give me one great golden nugget to pass on to these students that you would say, this is really like the key to my success. C-P-C. Clues, patterns, choices. People that follow this are the most successful people I've ever interviewed. From millionaires, billionaires, iconic figures, this is what they do. CPC, it works like this. Accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens. It's not other people's fault. So for example, if I go out on a first date and the girl is 20 minutes late, there's a clue. If I go on the second, third, fourth date, she's 20 minutes late, that is a pattern. Now it's my choice to deal with it, adjust it, uh, confront it, whatever, but it's not her fault. She's just late. I'm not going to try to change her. It's the same thing. How many times we hear someone with a bad reputation in business, they cheat your friend, then we do business with them and have a bad experience and we're mad at that person. We saw the clue pattern choices. It's the same thing as seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your sister, then you pet the snake and get bit and you're mad at the snake. Start looking what's going on. Clues, patterns, choices, because success leaves clues and also toxic people leaves clues. So the more that we can attune to it and start paying attention to that and make the right decisions for ourselves, that's the moment your life will change. That is golden. I love it. I can't thank you enough. Greg, thank you. And I definitely want to have you be involved in Virtual Week this year. So we'll reach out and uh, we'll get this all set up for you. Thank you so much. Consider it done. And I'll open up my uh, phone Rolodex to you as well. I appreciate it. All right, Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Leap Foundation, on Instagram at Leap Foundation, and on Twitter at Leap Los Angeles. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.